Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. The scripture says that we should, uh, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. When you're born again spiritually, you come to the Lord receive Him and uh, become a Christian, then um, you're not an adult spiritually. You're born a baby, just like in the natural you start out as a baby. And uh, development is not automatic by passage of time. You have to be fed, and it matters what you're fed. And so um, one of the reasons we have uh, faith school is like we said in the beginning confession, my spirit is fed, and that affects my faith growing stronger because faith is of the heart, with the heart man believes. And so what we see, what we hear, what we think about and talk about affects our inner man, affects our heart, and you can be fed with actually spiritual poison that can weaken you and rob you of your faith and confidence in God. Or you can be fed with the anointed words that God has given us, and uh, the, the manufacturer knows what type fuel <laughs> should be in what was manufactured. And the Father of spirits has made us spirits. And... Um, Spirit food fuels your spirit. And Jesus said, the words I speak to you, John 6, 63, they are spirit and they are truth and life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Life. Uh, let's pray and believe that we receive that. Father, we reach out and ask for and lay hold of your words that are spirit and life. We, uh, we thank you that you have made us and that you continually sustain us and keep us. We, we ask for more understanding of you and, and, and more light. And we purpose, Lord, to be followers of you now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look with me, please, in our great textbook at some of these spirit and life words in Mark the 8th chapter continuing in our study of the healing of the blind man at Bethsaida the 12th individual case in our study of these now if you haven't been with us um, like we said we've already covered 11 of these previously prior to that we spent weeks and weeks in the 11th chapter of Hebrews talking about faith and so uh, we encourage you to take advantage of that. Go on the website, 
faithschool.org, faithschool.org, and you'll see all these lessons there, and uh, they cost you nothing. There's no charge. And so you can go all the way back and take them all and get caught up one by one, and they are progressive, and we are building on what has gone before. And we're down, like I said, we've covered one, two, three, all the way through 11, down to number 12 here, the healing of the blind man at Bethsaida. Verse 22, Mark 8, said, Jesus had come to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man to him and besought him to touch him. And we'd mentioned this before, why do they want Jesus to touch him? And many people would say, well, because he's God. Well, because he's the Son of God. And God can heal. Um, He is the Son of God, but that's a wrong implication. Uh, He did not minister as God when he was on the earth. The scripture said in Philippians and other places, he became like other men and actually was anointed when he came up out of the river uh, Jordan being baptized. Uh, God doesn't need to be anointed but men do. Can you see this class? And so that leaves a wrong impression when they're saying, well, sure they want Jesus to touch them because he's God and he can heal him. He's not healing people as God. Now, if that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. Don't say, well, I don't think I agree with you, preacher. Don't think about me. Think about this. (laughs) This, the book. Uh, don't just make up stuff and say, well, that's what I believe. No, what does the Word say? Let it uh, change your beliefs. Bring your beliefs in line with with what He said. Uh, And why would I say that? Because the anointing is still with us today. You can say, well, man, wouldn't it have been wonderful to be back there when when Jesus was there? If I could have got Jesus to touch me, man, I I could get something today too. Well, the anointing is what Jesus talked about. If you go back to Luke 4, uh, you'll see that he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. And he would talk about that anointing. How does faith come? It comes by hearing. So the people heard him talking about this anointing that was here and that was on him and what that anointing would do, that it would heal, that it would deliver, that it would restore. And they believed that. That's why after hearing Jesus preach about this anointing, they'd be like, "Uh, touch me, touch me. I want to touch you. They want that anointing to manifest. And so that's why uh, these men bring their friend or their acquaintance, a family member, whoever he was to them, to Jesus, and they besought him, would you touch him? Would you touch him? Why? We talked about this in several lessons past about how electricity is God's power in the natural world, but it's based on a reality in the spirit. God's power in the spirit flows with similar characteristics to electricity. You'll see that there are things that are conductive of electricity And there are things that are resistant, that electricity doesn't flow through, that's a block. And without going into all that again, faith is a conductor. (laughs) Faith will make you a live wire (laughs) to the the flow 
of the power, the, the divine energy of God. It, it'll cause it to flow into you, flow through you. Uh, unbelief and fear will cause you not to be receptive. It'll cause you to be uh, resistant. It, it'll, fear will insulate you from the thing you need to heal you. So you got to get rid of the fear. You got to get rid of the doubt and the unbelief. And so the reason they wanted him to, to touch him is because even they probably didn't understand it, but it is actually a law. Just like electricity operates by predictable, reliable laws and principles. It'll flow through certain materials, certain ways, certain directions. Well, the power of God is predictable in that sense. It will flow wherever it finds a path. <laughs> right? And it'll flow around what is uh, resistant and, and won't receive it. And so why would you want uh, an, a person with an anointing on them to put a hand on you? It is the law of contact and transmission. The contact of their hand allows the transmission or flow of that anointing off of them into you. Now, this is real. Whether I know some people scoff and mock about it, but then they don't believe this, I guess. Right? Because this happened over and over and over again. And it didn't just happen on a limited basis. It says uh, more than once that multitudes came and everybody that touched was healed. So apparently this didn't run out. It didn't run low. The Lord didn't say, time out, time out. We got to recharge uh, it's overnight. We'll see you tomorrow. No, we're talking about God here. The power of God. And the scripture talk, in Isaiah talked about that with him, he, does, he doesn't get tired. There is no weariness with him. That's amazing, isn't it? Because everything we have to do with down here runs out. Runs down, runs out. Not God. Thank God. God. Say it out loud. God God. never runs out. Never runs down. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) And the great thing about that is his spirit is inside you. And so even though you run down, you can get a quickening from the inside to help you from the one who never runs down. So he took the blind man, that they besought him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Now we spent a lot of time last week talking about why he did this. And it's worth talking about quite a bit because spiritual environment matters. Spiritual influences matter. We see other human beings and we hear what they're thinking and their beliefs and what have you, but we, we don't see what's influencing them. There are spiritual influences endeavoring to sway all of us, everybody on the planet. And these, uh, you think about this, uh, people who write scripts, who write plays, who write 
speeches, who write laws, who write all these kind of things, where does their inspiration come from? And the people imagine, well, they just came up with it all their own. Well, no, listen to how they talk. It just came to me, people will say. I just, you know, it just flowed. Well, see, that indicates it's coming from somewhere to you. And um, these, uh, there are spirits other than human spirits. There are angelic spirits and there's evil or bad spirits. And they're always trying to sway and influence. Now, they are going to, to try to sway you away from God, influence you against God. And so Bethsaida was one of the towns that Jesus mentioned. He actually upbraided, the Bible said, because of their failure to repent and change when they saw manifestations of God. So the Lord wouldn't even endeavor to minister to him in the town. And this is what we need to take away from this. There are numerous cases and situations where you don't even need to try to talk to a person about that when they're around these other people. Class, are y'all with me? You don't even need to try to pray for them there or try to talk to them about that, or minister to them there, because they are, they are too influenced by these other people. And why would Jesus take this man by the hand and not just get him away from uh, these folks, but out of town, all the way out of town before he started ministering to him? Let's pay attention to the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and when he, when he checks you about starting trying to talk about it here or around them, pay attention to that. Doesn't mean you shouldn't. Doesn't mean they don't need it. It could just mean not here, not around them. And there may be times that you'll need to, uh, not that you're ashamed of it or you're trying to hide it. It's about not being hindered, not being interfered with. Uh, you remember... Uh, when Jairus' daughter had passed and, and they came and told him and Jesus and them got to the house and man, there's an uproar of people crying and carrying on and grieving and the Bible said Jesus put them all out. He put them all out. <laughs> Why? If it didn't matter, he would just, he would do it as a demonstration. If like some people believe Jesus is just doing things as God, then he wouldn't have needed to put anybody out. It would have been a good demonstration for him, right? And he wouldn't have needed to take this man out of town. But uh, just to, to say it again, spiritual environment matters and influences matter. And uh, we saw that God told Abraham, get out of your country, leave your kinfolks, leave your father's house. Why would he tell him to do that if he could minister to him, use him just as much there as anywhere else? No, he wanted him out of that influence. And it's really a big deal when you were born into something and you've grown up in that all your life, it's more ingrained in you than you realize. You don't even see it. You don't even notice it. And you need to be completely placed in another environment 
And sometimes even it'll take months and years for you to begin to wake up and go, why did I think that way? (laughs) Until the Lord could get you away from it, you didn't even see that it had engulfed you. So say it it another time, spiritual environment environment. matters. matters, matters. And so he took him by the hand and he led him out of town. And then he starts ministering to him. And he ministered to him in what we would call a very peculiar way. <laughs> he spit on him. I mean, you just can't say it any differently. I mean, uh, he spit on his eyes. <laughs> now, <laughs> and the class is waiting, what's he going to say about that? <laughs> Something good, something good. You know, before we go further, how many would stay on the Lord's side and say, hey, if he spit on him, he must have had a good reason, right? And Lord, if you think that's, if you know that's what to do, then that's what to do. Come say, well, I don't think that's right. Well, you wrong. Jesus is right. (laughs) I want to show a hands. Who's with Jesus on this? Okay, I'm looking in the camera too. All right. All right, we're all with Jesus. If he says spit on him, then that's what, that's what happens. He's right. And um, I, uh, I looked up a few things about <laughs> spit and, uh, you know, and about the eye. And one of the things that I noticed is that the eye is uh, made up mostly of water. And um, we see Jesus doing this a couple of other times. In fact, let's just take the time and um, look at the previous one we studied back up to Mark 7, verse 32. They brought to Jesus one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. They beseech him to put his hand on him. And Jesus took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers into his ears and spit and touched his tongue. So this is twice now that we see this. And there's a third time. There's only three that I've observed in this. But the third one was in John 9. John 9 and and 6, the man that was uh, born blind, he said that when Jesus had spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. So on one occasion, he spit and touched the man's tongue with his hand and spit. Another time, he spit, I guess he spit in the guy's eyes, the one we're talking about today. And on this occasion, he spit on the ground and mixed with the dirt or dust and made clay and then put that mixture of spit and dirt in the guy's eyes. Now, here's what you can't argue with. Results. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> if you say, well, I just don't know, uh, you know, why, I, why would he, I don't think that's necessary. Well, when's the last time you did it? How did you do it last time? No, see, it's, that's ignorance to act like you're going to correct him and you, you hadn't done it. <laughs> you learn how to do some things, it'll all come clear to you. But what you see here is working of miracles. 
1 Corinthians 12 talks about the diversity of the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. He says, for to one is given this, to another this. Everybody said out loud, there's a diversity, there's a diversity. of ministry. Of ministry. Uh, and uh, we see Jesus minister this way three times in these accounts. Now that doesn't mean that's the only times that he did it, but it could be. And some of these things, the Lord might direct you to do it once and not again, or twice in 20 years. Uh, Someone said, well, how do we know what to do? Only one way. Pray, <laughs> pray, and be led by the Spirit. That's it. You, you, you must not make a bunch of rules. If, everybody, if anybody ever comes out with a thousand-volume set of what to do in every circumstance, don't buy it. Save you money, because <laughs> that would replace the Holy Spirit. And it's just, um, you know, the, the human mind wants, you know, everything laid out ahead of time and, and prescribed in an orderly way, and, and God's the master of orderly, but it's bigger than we know. And there are so many variables and so many things we don't know and the only way for us to get it right is just what Jesus' mother said to him at the wedding feast. Whatever he says to you, do it. That's it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Don't copy what you saw somebody else do. Don't try it. Are y'all with me, class? You remember the Bible said that um, uh, Paul had been ministering to people, even cloths were brought from his body and taken to the sick or oppressed and they were delivered and healed. Well then, there were these individuals, traveling uh, guys, uh, called the seven sons of Siva, you remember them in the book of Acts? And they attempted to do what they had saw and heard Paul do. And they quoted him exactly, they studied his methodology and his phraseology. And so then they, they endeavored to deliver people. A person was crazy and out of their head and all this kind of stuff. And, and they said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus by whom Paul preaches. And it said the Spirit spoke up through the person and said, uh, uh, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And jumped on them and beat them up and tore their clothes off and they ran out. That's what attempting to do what other people have done will get you. What do you mean? Well, they heard from the Lord to do that. And so they did it and it worked. You trying to mimic them is not the same as you hearing from the Lord. Amen. So, so don't just try to mimic what you have heard and seen other people do. Well, it worked for them. It'll work for me. No, not, not necessarily. No. Do you remember the Bible says that when God delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage and they got to the Red Sea and he spoke to Moses and said, why are you standing here crying? Go, go across. And he reached out the rod and the sea parted and they went over on dry ground. Well, here comes the Egyptians right behind them. And the book of Hebrews says the Egyptians attempting to do it drowned. 
they attempted to do what they saw the Israelites do. The Israelites made it across safely on dry ground. The Egyptians drowned. Two very different outcomes, right? And yet they were doing the same thing. Why? Because the Lord didn't tell the Egyptians to go across. Oh, class, are you with me? You know what he told them? Let my people go. Right? <laughs> he told his people, he told the Israelites to go and go across. So faith comes by hearing. They had faith to do that because based on what God told them, the only thing the Egyptians could have had faith to do was what? Let his people go. Now, I'm not, I'm not just trying to be funny about that. One of the reasons they were chasing them so hard is because this is their economy. It's based on slave labor. But they could have trusted God and he could have shown them another way. Right? They could have been okay, but they, uh, uh, they tried to act on the word he gave them. Now, I believe we can see a theme of the Holy Spirit here last couple of days. Yesterday, remember, we talked about you got to hear God for yourself. Right? Not just knowing him through other people. So here's the same thing. You, uh, somebody said, well, Jesus spit on people. I think I'll try it. <laughs> no, please don't. No. You need to hear from him. Why did Jesus spit on people? He wasn't trying something. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. So he saw this. He saw himself doing this. Which is another way of saying he saw the Father do it through him. He saw this. And so he's just acting out what the Father has shown him to do. And of course, like we said, you can't argue with the results. And I, what I can see with this is um, working of miracles. Working of miracles involves the natural and the spiritual. And let me remind you that God made our bodies out of the components we see here of uh, dirt, clay was here, and we know that much of our body is made up of water. And they say in, um, in spit that it's 98% water, but also electrolytes and white blood cells and epithelial cells and enzymes and antimicrobial agents, I'm sure some of that was used to make part of an eyeball out of. But God used the natural materials and the power of God to create what was missing in the eye. Can you see some of that? And so in, the, in other cases, he just spoke to it and it was done. But apparently in this case, maybe there was some, something physically that wasn't even there that needed to be created, and the Spirit of God prompted him, take some raw materials, <laughs> right? <laughs> and put them in there, and then the power of God did the rest. Turn the raw materials into the missing parts. Can you say amen? God is amazing. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he 
has made us. And that's all our time for today. Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to be seen here. We'll see you soon here at Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.